All right, let's break it down. We've got uh, all kinds of topics worthy of discussion, and our panel has assembled. The Friday group is Michael Giles. He's been in government 30 years, federally, provincially, and municipally, and he is on our panel this afternoon. Michael, good afternoon. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. John Capobianco, Senior Vice President, Senior Partner, National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischmann-Hilliard's Toronto office, likewise in all three levels of government for more than 22 years. How's John doing? John's doing great. Good to be here, John. Good to have you here. And Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul's Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, and the former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. Hello, Sherry. Hello, John. Always a pleasure. Well, listen, uh, I've got to ask you, because you are most recent of the legislature, and Doug Ford, he's moving his agenda forward, and uh, one of those things that he has made the news on is looking at the idea, because, you know, on pot legalization coming up in now, what, less than three weeks' time, uh, he has suggested it would be a competitive environment, dispensaries wherever uh, they were cleared by the uh, Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario, and uh, in addition to that, some of the rules and regs regarding pot consumption. And uh, that leads to the question of whether or not they have decided, by the way, it'll be uh, replicating more or less the way tobacco use and marketing is handled. And uh, in that event, it means uh, you can smoke out on the street or in public spaces, including parks. And says, uh, Doug, he does say he's willing to look into the idea of allowing pot smoking in public parks. I don't like people walking around drunk or smoking weed or any of that in a a public uh, area of a park, but... Again, I want to consult with our entire cabinet, but especially consult with our Attorney General and uh, my finance minister, Vic Fideli. They're both great ministers, and uh, I'll dig deeper into that. All right, so let's open it up with that question, because we had this discussion yesterday when they made the announcement, Mr. Fideli here on the show, uh, whether the tobacco model is the best one to replicate when it comes to licensing pot and how it's used, uh, or maybe alcohol is more appropriate in that case. You know, you have it confined to certain like bar-like areas and so on and so forth. Sherry, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, first of all, I, it's too bad it's not going to be sold through the LCBO because we're foregoing a huge amount of revenue. I mean, uh, alcohol alone, that's $2 billion of revenue for for the province. Pot would probably be about the same. So it's a lot of revenue that will be foregoing by well, privatizing. Well, tax, though, right? Well, they'll be taxed, but they won't be profits. And, and this is profits plus tax. So now we're going to, you know, privatize it. That's, I think, um, uh, the wrong move. Um, I think also the, the the way the Liberals were doing it with only 40 outlets was the wrong move, too. It mm-hmm. should be in every LCBO. Um, in terms of, of, you know, everywhere, I mean, uh, why not uh, the same as tobacco? I mean, I wonder if you can get secondhand stones. That's all I'm wondering about. Um, because, uh, trust me, where I live close to Queen Street, it's going to be everywhere. And we're all going to be breathing it in, whether we like it or not. Um, Now I think that will settle down a little bit. The other real problem here, and this is more federal, but we've got thousands of people in prison still serving sentences for pot, uh, you know, both dealing and consumption. And many can't, you know, can't get into the states, for example, because of their prison records. Is the federal government going to do something about that? Because it seems highly unfair to, you know, keep that system going while you're legalizing it here, which I agree with. Right, so, so what are you saying? An, an amnesty ought to be declared? 
Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you've got people in prison for something that's legal. And by the way, small business, what about all those dispensaries that are already out there? They will immediately become illegal on uh, the 17th. But don't you think that's appropriate? I mean, you need some modicum of control and the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario represents that. Well, I I agree. But what are we going to do? Are the police going to spend their entire shifts, you know, closing down pot dispensaries? There are, well, if there's are, a likelihood that you might be busted, uh, and there's a, an attendant fine it, to it, it's some, a, it, there are problems ahead. All well, I'm the saying. black problems market's not going ahead. well. I, I agree yeah. with you as far as that's concerned. Let's go to John Capobianco, though. When this matter came up of how we would uh, market it and allow it to be used, consumed publicly, uh, is the tobacco model the best one to replicate, or do you think alcohol? Well, this I think this is going to be a mess, and and sort of I think everybody is sort of walking in new territory here, John, because you know the federal government thrust this upon us, and and I was never a big fan nor a supporter of legalization of, of cannabis. I was always uh, I thought if they were going to do anything, decriminalization would have been the right the right way to go, but nonetheless, here we are, and I think uh, Premier Ford is is obviously uh, bound by the federal rules, and he's trying to do the best that he can. But this is a conundrum for conservatives and for the conservative government, because they believe in one end of free market and allowing for free market space and allowing businesses to flourish and, and do their thing. Yet there is a number of people who are just not in favor of, of, of cannabis and legalizing marijuana. So I think they want to be able to have businesses do what they can, which is the privatization model. Um, and yet I think they're, ch- they're still trying to sort of determine how best to approach that. So I guess the model in, in allowing it for the be, to be part of the smoke, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the Tobacco Act, uh, and and much more aligned to what tobacco and how tobacco cigarettes are being uh, handled is probably the easier way of, of dealing with this in some way. Except there is a distinction. It's still an intoxicant. Now, this is where the mayor has weighed in. He says he's happy that the discussion over where pot can be smoked has in turn prompted a debate over allowing drinking alcohol in public. Give a listen. Now it does, uh, you know, probably prompt us to do something that I've talked about, not so much on the sidewalk, but maybe in our parks, to say, well, if people want to enjoy a glass of wine or a beer uh, in a park, which I think most people are quite responsible enough to do, that we should take a look at that kind of thing. Uh, but I would just say, if we've uh, got over uh, this great revolutionary development where people at Pride this year could actually walk a block down the street uh, on the Pride Festival with a beer in their hand without the world coming to an end, that we could take a look. All right, Michael Giles, over to you. I mean, does this make sense? That's the alcohol model of consumption with pot, uh, or at least if pot is going to follow tobacco and allowed in public places, why not alcohol? Well, yeah, and I think I find it fascinating how various levels of government are getting into such contortions about this. You know, they feel, you can tell they feel very uncomfortable. It's sort of, they're almost rationalizing their decision. It reminds me of that comedian that said that weed is not a drug, it's a plant. Therefore, I'm not a drug dealer, I'm a florist. You know, and this is the thing, they're seeing themselves as the florist. You know, they're trying to find a way of, of reconciling what they're doing. In terms of, you know, uh, using it in public, I mean, I think, you know, there, there is a distinction between marijuana, and I, 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 I agree with John on this. I, I'm starting to show that I'm getting very old and I crazy, but <laughs> I totally agree with John on this, the whole notion of decriminalization for, versus legalization. There is a difference between alcohol and marijuana. It's a distinction, and people don't talk a lot about it. You could go to, to a restaurant, have half a glass of wine with your dinner, you're not intoxicated, and you've basically just used it for taste. Uh, pot has one specific objective, and that's to get you intoxicated. I mean, as soon as you smoke it, you're not smoking it for taste. You're, you're, you're smoking it to get intoxicated. So there is a difference. And I think we have to take that into mind. You know, if, you have, you know, if you're allowing it everywhere and you have kids sitting in a playground and, you know, uh, swinging on a swing and there's, a, you know, four or five people there smoking marijuana, I mean, is that, is that the kind of thing we want to see? And 
frankly, I, I, you know, I sort of take a small C conservative approach on this. I, I don't feel comfortable with that. Now, on the other side of that coin, you were talking about alcohol in parks. I mean, I don't have a great problem with that. I remember in, in I was in Rome once on Easter Monday, and uh, or Easter Sunday, the parks were full of people sitting there and having glasses of wine. And it wasn't mayhem. It wasn't like I was walking down the street and you know Woodstock was breaking out. It was just literally people just having a glass of wine. And I think you can do that. And I, I but I think marijuana is a little bit of a different story. Really, you know, I was kind of curious when you were saying that if there's a, a distinction without a difference or a difference without a distinction uh, that. People go and have wine for the taste, but marijuana is to get them stoned. Yeah. Or as opposed to maybe like just leveling them off or taking the edge off. They're a little stressed and yeah. anxious or whatever. Really, you, but you don't think the same thing applies to a glass of wine or a beer? Well, I think, well, you, if you have half a glass of wine, um, you know, I don't think you see the Care Bears running around the living room, then you, you're dying for a hamburger afterwards, the way you think you do with <laughs> well, pot. Is that, what you, is that what you see pot smoking as being? <laughs> well, unfortunately. Isn't that, isn't that more of an extreme? Well, I don't drink and I don't use that stuff, so I guess I've gotten sort of curmudgeonly as I get older. Well, either that or you're sort of playing into a certain stereotype yeah. or uh, a caricature, nonetheless. Well, I'd like a McDonald's right next to the dispensary and I'd like to own it. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, how these dispensaries dispensaries will operate now the government's suggesting anybody that meets the criteria will be allowed to operate one and the more the merrier more competition will bring price down you're wincing at that sherry why uh, absolutely i mean if, if for example again i'll go back to the lcbo model i mean the, their staff are supposedly trained um they're not supposed to you know even bartenders are trained to not serve to somebody who is incapacitated who's had too much um, and, you know, they check ID, etc. Are we really going to leave all of that up to just anybody in a corner store? Well, what are you I suggesting? Mean, I, I, that I, the public I, sector I, worker is somehow of a higher echelon well, than just I, the rank-and-file responsible um, shopkeeper? I think that they're, they're, they're trained, <clears throat> and they're there for a reason. Um, I, I, again, is it perfect system? No, but is a free-for-all the alternative? I, I think well, wait there's a, a problem there. If you're selling cigarettes to somebody under 19... You can also be uh, in violation of the law and be charged and fined according. What you're saying, maybe these people who operate a max convenience store also shouldn't have that kind of responsibility. Well, you know, again, um, I, I would go back to two things. First of all, the training but and, and, the, and the checks and balances, but also the revenue. We're forgoing a whole lot of revenue, which I would think would appeal to conservatives. I, I just want to take issue with Michael, though. I, I think there are many people who can have a joint and it just takes the edge off the same way they would t have a glass of wine. So I think we we can't say, you know, people smoke, you know, pot just to get stoned. No, there's lots of people, and, and many people use it medicinally. And I think we're forgoing a whole group of people who actually do use it medicinally for 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 uh, both um, mental health issues as well as physical health issues. So again, I think that's it. But, you know, with him, I'm also concerned about, you know, the free-for-all aspect of, of just putting it out there. Again, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out what happens. Um, and, and I think ultimately, um, we'll find that there are some problems. I mean, again, you know, can you drive stoned? Um, well, the whole thing's know. a social experiment. Let's face it, that. It, 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 uh, it, yes, it's going to be for sure. Well, yeah. yeah, but you know, on this foregoing the revenue, I kind of find that interesting. Like somehow uh, we should make sure that everything's a government-run operation because we can cut, get our piece of the take on that. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Well, look, we'll have a thousand dispensaries, and if we tax them, we'll make enough money on that end of things, won't we? We will get the taxes. We won't get the profits. We get the profits from the LCBO. So the government should be in the business of running businesses. Well, let's put it this way. If they're going to forego 
uh, the the billions in revenue. Um, where is the money going to come from uh, just to finance this government's lawsuits, which is getting up there? They're in court a lot these days. This oh. is for foregoing a lot of revenue right. um, well, from a government I think needs it, especially with that deficit. Well, they'll find efficiencies, I'm sure. John Capobianco <laughs> on the matter of dispensaries for all who qualify, good idea or not. Well, I'm just I'm just glad to hear that Sherry finally is talking about revenue and not ex- not on the spending side of things. So the fact that she's actually concerned about government revenue is actually in, 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 as intoxicating. Tommy <laughs> um, Douglas ran 16 ballots. Um, but no, listen, I think I think that, you know, uh, this government, especially the Ford government, has been very clear about cutting regulations and then they've actually have a, a special commission that's looking at cutting regulations and, and trying to get government out of the businesses and out of people's lives as much as possible. And I think uh, this is another yet another example of how they're trying to do that and allow businesses to work. And I think to your point, though, John, um, you know, right now you go to a convenience store, there's signs, there's uh, the, the store owners are trained to be able to ask for uh, ID. Same with the LCBO. Uh, I don't see that any different if, if they're selling and, and dispensing uh, marijuana. In fact, I would say that the, the burden on them to be much more vigilant towards making sure somebody's of age is probably greater because it's marijuana, not not tobacco. So I would see that that's not going to be an issue. But I do think that there's an opportunity here for, for businesses. But it's, it is a social experiment. We're all going to sort of live this in the next little while to see how it's all going to play out. And I'm also worried, too, we could talk about this in the next little bit. But uh, the policing side of this and, and, and making sure that the police force have enough resources uh, to ensure that, that there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are going to be walking around potentially stoned here in the next, uh, in the next little while. Well, municipalities will have the option to, to opt out. Correct. Yeah. And some of them have already suggested that they're going to opt out uh, on this situation. But so how does that make sense? You see, if, say, uh, you've got Toronto opts out. But across the border from Etobicoke Creek, you go to Mississauga, you get your fill, you come back home. I mean, that sounds to me like it's it's a, it's going to be a bit of a hodgepodge because yeah, I think yeah. Vaughn or I'm not mis- if I'm not and it's Richmond Hill Richmond or Hill or one of them one of the sort of the GTA areas yeah. have already basically said that they're going to vote not to have this. Yeah. So you know when you're in there, you're not going to be able to have it. But if you cross over the border into the next uh, the next uh, city, you, you can actually have have, yeah. have some marijuana. So it's going to be an interesting uh, experiment. I think there'll be a lot of tinkering and a lot of adjusting as we go along here. I mean, well, and, and just to, you know, speak tongue in cheek. I was speaking a little bit tongue in cheek, but I'll tell you, just ten minutes ago, get when I got here, I'm coming out of the parking lot and I'm chatting with a guy who says, you know, I'm heading to dinner now. Do you know anywhere around here I could go safely smoke a joint? And I'm thinking, what an interesting topic we have today. Like, there's a guy doing that now, mm. but theoretically, in the future, he'll just stand in front of the building. Michael, and it's a good thing he didn't ask you if you had any. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that might have tax him. But if he's nine meters away from the uh, door of the establishment. Exactly. He would be able to do that in the future, but sure he's, he he's looking for a quiet place now. <laughs> okay. He's, yeah. jump, he's jumping the gun. He's yeah. a little anxious. Maybe he needs the toke to uh, take care <laughs> of the anxiety. Take the edge off. We'll come back in a moment. More topics worthy of discussion with our panel. Michael Giles, Sherry DeNovo, John Capobianco, Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. With having uh, regulations, that, at least what looks like regulations, that, that don't protect uh, young people and children from exposure uh, or partaking in in, uh, in uh, the smoking of marijuana. Uh, you know, it's it's it raises some very very big concerns for us.